The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Hi, my darlings. I want to be real with y'all. I am struggling over here. I've lost one of my most precious, closest people, and grief is hard, man. I'm sure most of you have been there, and I know that losing our nearest and dearest is a natural part of life, and it's crazy hard, right? So for me, this is a time of making sure I allow all of my feelings. I know you've heard me say that joy is not the exclusive domain of happiness, that joy is about welcoming and embracing every emotion natural to us complex human creatures. So that's what I'm focused on right now. And I'm noticing something interesting. I'm noticing that even as I'm deep in grief, that grief has opened me in a way that is allowing me to just soak up all of the abundant love that's been pouring toward me. And I feel such poignant depth of gratitude. And I feel like at an earlier time in my life, I'd be uncomfortable receiving all this love in the form of condolences and empathy and offers of grief counseling and gifts of healing sessions. I've got so many wildly talented friends with profound gifts that they're offering me right now. It's just really beautiful, this experience of receiving so much love, even while this time is simultaneously so painful. So I just wanted to share that reflection with you because that's where I am. And as I've talked about often, every painful situation comes with gifts too. And it's up to us to find them and pour our attention there so that that's the part we grow. 
This week, I'm going to share with you a pre-recorded conversation that I recently had with one of my most fascinating friends on the planet. Christian and I bonded long, long ago over our mutual immersion in the work of Neil Donald Walsh, primarily the author of the Conversations with God series. Christian traveled with Neil for several years as a protege, and he articulates the heart of those teachings just brilliantly. Then a few years ago, Christian and I collaborated intensely on a year-long project that showed me even more clearly all he's destined for and how far his visions extend. And he was recently here for a visit, staying at my house for a few days, and I got to hear about how those visions have expanded out even further. And I said, dude, we have to tell my podcast listeners about this. I was literally like, okay, stop talking. I want to record this. So I pre-recorded this conversation with him, and I know it's going to inspire you and show you what's possible when you consistently hold the vision of a higher consciousness for all. That's what we're all about here, right? Christian's going to give you your home play in this conversation. It's similar to home play that you've done before, a little while back, but I very much love the way he articulates it, so it is worth another go-round through Christian's lens. I love you all. I'll see you next week, and I give you now Christian Pankhurst. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So as y'all know, who have been listening to the Do Joy podcast, these vibration elevation practices are not about learning something new, reading that book, going on that retreat. It's about taking this information into your life, really applying it, living your life in new ways that become new default settings. So along those lines, I'm so excited today to bring you my brilliant and fascinating long, long time friend, Christian Pankhurst. Christian is the founder of Heart IQ and New Eden. And I think I'm just going to let him tell you about those two things. Yay. Yay. Well, since I was a young man, <laughs> sounds strange because I'm still He's relatively still a young, young man. But since as long as I can remember, I've always been very future driven and I've had a very optimistic view of the world in which we could live. And I was always wondering as a child, like, why do countries exist? Why are we separated by borders? Why is it so hard to get along? So it was a very naive question. But as I've gone through the years, I've realized that, you know what? I want to make it my life's mission to accelerate the transition to a more unified Earth. And what I saw is that there is a ton of initiatives out there around sustainable energy, technology, around um, creating systems that are all about more left-brained solutions. And yet, what I became very clear and uh, what I became to realize is that people aren't able to 
truly come into connection. And therefore the unity consciousness that's required for, uh, for us to become one human family, it's not there. So I've dedicated the last 20 years of my life creating spaces where people can come and experience an upgrade in opening their hearts and in connecting with themselves and each other and learning the conflict resolution techniques, the, the language of the heart so that people can actually unify and learn how to really love through diversification, through difference, through division, where compassion and empathy and attunement become the norm so that we can really genuinely uh, be family because I believe that that's really necessary if we are to embrace a future where we are unified because when we look at you know what's happening today with the wars poverty and all the problems that we have and how divided we've become I feel like now's a time uh, where we need to really learn to embrace change and to embrace, embrace each other's differences and to come into more connection. So Hard IQ is the technology that helps people uh, come back home to themselves, to the heart, and to form uh, a really healthy connection relating with others. Um, and New Eden is the property that we purchased in the Netherlands where we actually can experiment with community, where, the, where we can actually bring this work onto the ground, make it real, and research what works. How do we get along? And what happens when we bring people together in different types of socially engineered ways, which are very different to the cultural paradigms that we have right now. So um, I feel that I've uh, got a, a, a pulse, my finger is on the pulse of a future. And it's not like I'm trying to get us there because I feel like the process of bringing ourselves into, for example, a united earth is a huge evolutionary process that could take hundreds if not thousands of years. So really it's about bringing more awareness and planting seeds and touching as many people as I can with a vision that is hopeful that is positive, that inspires, that is exciting. And for me, it's not just the spiritual awakening that people need to go through to embrace a more unified world, but it also includes the exciting uh, new technological advancements, um, becoming a multi-planetary species, being able to colonize Mars, for example, the work of Elon Musk, and my vision is to have Hard IQ be a, a part of that paradigm when a new colony might exist off planet that we have a chance to practice starting from scratch and that really excites me is that well shouldn't we be practicing and using new operating systems that aren't part of the old story the old culture but now embrace new ways of living and most people as i said are more focused on the technical solutions like how do we get there the buildings the structures how the food works but I'm more interested in the emotional energetic sense of how do we stay connected and how do we actually um, embrace what's needed in order for us to actually realize unity. For us to make that future world one yeah. that we want to live in, one that's yeah, worth living in. I, 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 uh, 
I know this isn't new to you as a concept for, but for some people, this is quite a revelation when the outer world is a reflection of our inner world. Yes. So when we see division, it's because it's a reflection of inner division. So what is not unified within? What parts are fragmented? What aspects of self are disconnected that project outward into a world of fear and scarcity and dissociation and disconnection and disembodiment? And what I see is when we look out into our lives, um, we are trapped in our own trauma, in our own stuff, in our own stories, and we're perpetuating it. Right. So we're a big part of, of us. yeah, and a big part of Hard IQ is around learning how we are creating our world by manifesting the inner landscape and making it the outer landscape, right. and then joining those dots and making people realize like, hey. If you want unity, we need to become unified. Yeah. We need to become whole. Within and then ourselves. Will, yeah, because then we will see wholeness. We'll experience wholeness. We can hold wholeness. But as long as I see you as the enemy, it's because there's a part of me inside that is at war. Yes. So I don't see the difference between an outer and inner um, world in this. So although my big why, my reason for getting up is because I just hold and actually... I can feel and remember, in fact, because I was given a download of what that future could be. And it's very real. It's very tangible to me. Like, we can experience this. And without it sounding a bit weird, I actually believe that there are advanced civilizations out there that are living this. And so it's not... uh, It's new to us, Mm because we're still in a very immature Mm -hmm. stage of our evolution. But I believe there are those in waiting they're watching they are supporting and hoping that we become more unified and i don't believe that we will experience first contact until we've demonstrated some form of unified form of governments governance and connection and the way that we operate as a humanity that is so exciting and Mm. i have watched you just widen and widen and widen this Mm. this sphere of influence that you have in the world because this has been your vision going back decade plus since i've known you Mm -hmm. and i've seen you do it with small groups when heart iq was new and Mm -hmm. then expanding it and expanding it into an online presence and then your huge glorious brick and mortar presence in the netherlands Mm -hmm. now I, I want that example to be there for listeners who, you know, what little difference can I make? We always talk about just yep. up, uplifting your own vibration. Mm-hmm. Your own world is going to ripple out. And, and there's all the totally. Len McTaggart statistics about how that ripples out around you. But when you really hold steadfast to that vision, mm-hmm. what you can create is extraordinary. I've watched mm-hmm. you create an extraordinary trajectory with this. So mm-hmm. when you talk about this, you know, new Council of Nations and movie, it does not sound far fetched to me mm-hmm. at all. Mm. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I remember when I was starting out, and even to this day, I still work with what I would call relatively small groups of around 20 to 30 people because there's something magical when we gather in intimacy because often it's within those groups that we get such a clear mirror to all the dynamics that are shaping our inner and outer world. So I always talk about our time in circle is a microcosm. It's like a laboratory. We can, with a microscope, look at all that's happening. And it's never just personal. It's never just interpersonal. It's always 
personal, interpersonal, and transpersonal. So whatever's happening is happening in the outer world, in inner world, it's a perfect match. So uh, I'm, as I said, this, this, this experience of what I call unity consciousness, it's, it's this state of um, true embodied realization of our interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why Haraku is powerful and it works is because one or I could read in a book, we are all one, but that, 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 that knowledge doesn't do anything to me. Now, what I need is to be able to experience that oneness. Now, the danger of a lot of personal development retreats is that people can come to a weekend and they'll experience potentially a state-altering moment that is a high, that feels like I'm connected and I'm blown open. But then they go back into the world and they meet their resistance, they meet their disconnect, they meet the life that they left behind. And it can create this split between the world of the outside real world and then our privileged special experiences that we can have in our retreats. But what I'm now focused more on is how do we develop the day-to-day integrated practice Mm -hmm. of attunement and empathy and compassion. So this thing called attunement is very important to me. Um, I'll give an example. It's like if I have the ability to feel a tree or an animal and I can open my heart to let that tree feel me and I feel intrinsically the connection that I have with the nature around me. I feel it as a vibrational reality. I feel it as a part of me. I don't need to learn that we need to protect nature and protect the climate. It's innate because if I feel that that is an extension of me, I would never do that harm knowing what I know and feeling what I feel. And do you feel that's our more natural state and we've just gotten cut off from it? Totally. It's completely there. Yeah. So the way I look at that then is that, okay, let's expand that on a global level. If everybody were attuned, we would never have the animal cruelty, the raping of nature, the pillaging of resources, it just Are wouldn't we one happen. Another? We couldn't, because that just wouldn't be a reality from a place of attunement. So what we're experiencing in the world is a disconnection from our attuned sense and felt sense of the world, which is what hard IQ restores. Mm-hmm. It creates a, a, a sense of uh, a collective attunement where we return to a natural state of aliveness and vibrancy and connection with self, other, and the world. And from that place, decisions are different automatically. We don't need to change our habits because we have to. It's automatic because when we feel more in connection, we operate from that connected place. But the danger is if we only have that connection in a retreat, it's in an echo chamber, it's in an isolation environment, and then we go into the world and we go, well, it, it works and applies to that, but it doesn't here. Right. So um, one of the new programs that we have in Hard IQ is called the Hard IQ Dojo. And it's called a dojo because in the martial arts terms, it's a place where we roll up our sleeves and a dojo is a place where you practice uh-huh. in life. It's not about being in a retreat. It's about actually experiencing it and working it every week, small groups on 
online via Zoom, getting yeah. to practice, doing the work consistently, and then having focuses to bring it into everyday life. Exactly like the Joy School community. Yeah. So give yeah. us an example of something that someone could take into their everyday life to just tune into that natural state, to part away some mm-hmm. of the things that get in the way of us just being where we yeah. are naturally. Um, feeling the pause, mm-hmm. like when they're talking, can they, as they're speaking or when they're just being, can they drop into a moment of breath? It sounds so simple. I know this is not complex and yet how many of us take time to take stock and really allow our breath to drop into our full body breathe and feel and just remember to take a moment to receive and appreciate and sense and connect and for there to be enough space between our words that would allow us to be felt by others it's like um there's that quote that says music is not the notes it's the spaces between the notes and are we in connection with the space between the notes right so attunement requires us to be still to let in those feelings and that's why attunement is so not dangerous but it's being difficult for people to develop as a skill because if people really dropped in and were to be open to feeling the world they will meet pain Mm. and they'll meet their own trauma that they've been running from through busyness distraction addiction compulsions and different habits that have been building up a wall of numbness that keeps us separate from ourselves and from our own experience so this idea of presencing to the moment and truly coming alive to what's here is actually quite scary and vulnerable because what are we going to meet? What aspects of self that we've been running from for so long or will we, will we make contact with? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I look at our, our leaders of the world today, I don't, I don't know, this is an assumption on my part, but they are likely too bogged down with policy and the, the the intellectual demands and the stress rather than really dropping in and feeling mm-hmm. you know what I mean We've so in this theme of stillness because as I mentioned to you I'm, I'm working with the seasonal uh, mm-hmm. application of the joy trainings and right now it is all about stillness and quiet mm-hmm. and and new ways to access that understanding that it doesn't mean nothing's happening that there's so much happening down below the surface when we are in that we can get still up above yeah yeah but what I'm super excited about is like I said it's it's a weird kind of combination because the uh, for, for years I've just been focusing on teaching uh, heart IQ and raising people's heart intelligence so that they're more attuned, compassionate, and open and connected. And yet, what I'm what I'm now seeing is that okay, that's 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 vital. That's an ingredient. But I'm now really excited to call in a a movement towards a vision of a new type of existence, because I feel like the time is ripe for a change. A, a paradigm shift in not just 
how we relate or connect and operate and come together as human beings, but I'm talking about everything in terms of the fabric of our society. So it's a big vision, but it includes things like how do we actually want to um, live in terms of energy, in terms of food, in terms of govern uh, governance, politics, uh, technology, and all these different factors that are all coming to like a point right now in the next 10 20 years is an exciting kind of like convergence of spirituality and technology and there's a potential that we can go off the path even further because uh -huh. if we're not connected technology becomes quite dangerous sure we're you like and I have talked about how this is the the result of a dark night of the soul do you yeah, feel yeah. that we are in the dark night mm -hmm. of the soul in humanity or do you feel we've got to, to dip a bit yeah dip a bit further before we can yeah yeah create that turnaround i mean i'm a huge fan of technology i'm a, I'm a I, I study it and i love it and i feel like technology in fact can be a source of um incredible liberation and freedom and uh for example, there's this notion called the singularity. The singularity is the moment when um, we've developed general artificial intelligence to be so advanced that it reaches a point that its own ability to learn exceeds our ability to catch up. Mm -hmm. So that that point, that technology is going to run away. Now it can either run away in service to humanity or it could run away in detriment to humanity and a few movies about that <laughs> there are some movies about that right now um, it creates a very exciting potential when we develop for example technology that can um, free us from work that is dangerous repetitive boring and doesn't allow for the human spirit to thrive but then it can create problems because when those jobs are replaced through automated general intelli artificial intelligence, it leaves a lot of people without work. And then it starts to ask the question around what kind of money system do we want? And how do we want to operate and deal with big problems like climate change? Well, from my perspective, climate change is a global problem and requires a global solution. And the fragmentation of nations can't adequately meet the problem of, 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 of something that global. They've tried and they're trying, all these politicians coming together for the Paris Accords and different, like the Copenhagen Summit and all these different things. And what you find is all these compromises because some certain countries they're like, well, we don't have the money to do it and you guys have been enjoying the, you know, being able to take from the environment for all these years, it's our turn. So they're still thinking from the confines of like my country, me, mm -hmm. our thing against your country. And it will never be enough. And that's quite depressing in a way, because as nation states trying to do our bit, we will always fall short on a globalized problem like climate change. So I don't think there's a spiritual leader on the planet that doesn't see the need for unification in terms of not just people, but in terms of our society. Yeah, globally. Yeah, it doesn't Global mean society. that we merge into sameness. So we still have rich cultural differences. 
but we surrender to a larger unified um, whole that can manage, for example, resources. What if, for example, and this was coined by Jacques Fresco from the Venus Project, he said, what if all the resources of the entire planet were the common heritage of mankind? So no country could own the resources because it was under the land or above. Like nobody owns oil, trees, um, food. Like literally all resources belong to everyone and you remove people from the distribution of those resources because where people are involved in special interests and money, corruption can come in. So what if you apply advanced general artificial intelligence to the distribution of resources? Then you use that kind of AI to serve humankind. See, those things to me are really exciting. Now, some people go, that's really terrifying. We can't do it that way. What if they turn into like Terminators? And I'm saying, no, with the correct um, uh, Input, regulation. Like programming. Yeah, I mean, it really and, and regulation. on the intention yeah. of these, these creators. of this, Exactly. But yeah. it also requires regulation. Like, nobody would attempt, like, like um, take, for example, the airline industry. Every single time there's a crash, there's a governing body, the FAA, that researches, investigates, and looks at the reasons why, and they make changes to make sure that is limited in its ability to happen again. Now, when you look at the history of airline crashes, there used to be more in the past than there are now. So airlines are now getting safer and safer to the point where it's actually, you're less likely to die in a plane than just living in your own house. It's safer to be on a plane than in your own house, <laughs> statistically. It's because they're so good at refining the safety because it's regulated. Mm -hmm. Now, overregulation creates bureaucracy that limits freedom. But in things like general artificial intelligence, I think it's really important that there is regulation that um, allows that to be developed safely. Mm -hmm. So things like that are important. So I'm really excited about the combination of how technology is going to liberate time, freedom, and to offer an opportunity to truly upgrade our society. But if we're not ready for it, in terms of emotionally, energetically, spiritually, if we're still in division, if we're still thinking that you are you, instead of you are me, cleverly camouflaged as you, then we will always be like children playing with matches in a dynamite room. Mm. And it will take just a moment of immature messing about and then boom we've blown ourselves up because mm. you know we've developed weapons of mass destruction and nuclear war is around the corner because it only takes a trigger happy you know somebody who is in power that is you know you know have you, have you heard of mad mutually assured destruction mm -mm. so the way our political system is built up right now is that the massive powers that own nuclear weapons the only reason they don't destroy each other is that there's this status quo where they know that if they launch the other person will also launch and everyone dies mm -hmm. so it's called mutually assured destruction <laughs> so the reason we are in relative peace is because of the fear that we will get annihilated if we attack first right what a horrible way to maintain peace <laughs> seriously that is how we have created our world is this fine balance of fear-based destruction right uh, and it's mad like the name 
Ma it's perfect name for it. it it's completely crazy yeah so we uh, and that's why i love uh, what elon musk represents because he is a guy who's bringing the light of consciousness into tech and whether you agree with all of how he does it or not the fact that he is um devoted to sustainable energy and becoming a multi-planetary species literally putting a colony on mars is a life insurance policy for life itself. Imagine in 100, 200 years time, we have a place on Mars that has animals, that has um, a human city, that is completely self-sustainable. So if the ships stop coming, it can still thrive and grow. Now you might go, why focus on that? We've got problems to solve on Earth. True, I think both should happen because sooner or later, Earth will be consumed in catastrophe. In around half a billion years time, the sun is going to expand to such a degree that it will make life uninhabitable anyway. Now, that's a long time. We've seen meteors come to wipe out the dinosaurs, extinction level events, pandemics. We have no idea what's around the corner. So to have genuine chances of thriving and going beyond what they call the great filter, which is this idea that most civilizations don't make it because they usually end up destroying themselves mm. or something comes in like an extinction level event that wipes out the civilization before it can become spacefaring. And that's why I so love the idea of us becoming a spacefaring civilization where we become multi-planetary. It's not just because the life insurance policy of, okay, we can now assure humanity's consciousness continues but it's exciting and it's it's something that is so uh it's a future that's bright it's not contained to just what we know it's adventuresome and that's why i love star trek yeah i'm very inspired by that even though of course it's a bit cheesy and it's it's designed as sci-fi but there's a moral code a a utopian ideal a a way of living that is that is um high frequency mm-hmm where the purpose isn't about capital growth, but bettering themselves. Mm -hmm. And they've got technology that they blend to develop their spirituality rather than being controlled and dominated by it. It's, it's a beautiful vision. Yeah. And uh, I feel imprinted by that, for sure. I know you and I both teach that we create a reality and we are in charge of everything that we experience, you know, with the energy that we're sending out. Do you feel that having this other place to go it will just be a natural extension of people who are creating one life will will experience that and there will be such a a gap between what some are creating and others are creating that it'll require a whole different location yeah i don't know like right now for example new eden is a bubble yeah it's it's a bubble because right now the world would reject and spit out that frequency so what I'm hearing in your question is, well, how do we make that transition right. to a more unified Earth, to people becoming more connected? And will that blend really take place? Yeah, I feel like you know, the spiritual way to approach it is that it's not really about geography. It's just wherever you are, mm -hmm. you create your mm -hmm. heaven or your hell on Earth mm -hmm. you know, with your energy and, and all of that. But it almost sounds like, you know, will it get to such a point that geography will be required to separate creators who are creating one thing from creators who are creating something different? I don't know. 
my f it's not my fear but it's when you look at historically massive paradigm disruptive change for the better occurs through catastrophe mm -hmm. so wars have in fact been a reset so world war ii for example before then europe was fragmented post world war ii there were initiatives like the european union designed to prevent european nations ever to go to war with each other again the united states federalized and after civil war of north and south became more unified mm -hmm. under the united states rather than the fragmented states it was never called that but right. wars lead to unity so then my my question is is there a way <laughs> it's okay you can sneeze <laughs> we'll, we'll sneeze happening we'll, sneeze, we'll yeah. plow right through that okay the uh the, the question that i have is that is there another way to transition without going through catastrophe right that's because, what i was asking about the dark night of the soul before yeah. like can we consider ourselves there or yeah. is it got to get a lot darker do you i think, think it has to before? get a lot darker a lot darker i don't think we're i think we're in turbulence but we haven't crashed i mean it will really and you think the crash is inevitable we'll need the crash in order to have that my belief, um, what I have seen are two possibilities and a crash. And by a crash, I don't necessarily mean just an economic crash, although that's very, well, possible given our decades of debt-based currency and the way that we're operating the financial system. This is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we have to wonder, like, how long can we live in that delusion that everything's going to be okay? But I'm not just talking about a, an economic crash in the stock market or housing bubbles or anything like that. I'm more talking about, um, like, what if COVID is like a preview of coming attractions? We have no idea what's around the corner. Mm -hmm. And did it unify? No. Not yet. No. It, didn't. it created a lot <laughs> of fear and division. Vaccinated versus unvaccinated. People who, um, you know are yeah deeply scared and uh, it's made us more internal insular having to do everything on zoom it's a disconnected force so that is not the crash but it's leading more and more to an environment which is going to lead to a point of no return what that could look like uh, is anyone's guess so the combination with a humanity that is dividing with the advent of technology that far exceeds our consciousness to use it combined with um, leadership around the world in fragmented nations that are becoming less globalized and more nationalized through fear mm -hmm. with the threat of global warming um, it's not just a threat the reality of global warming and the projection of that almost without it sounding like I'm this is going to sound like I'm really like oh my god this is not a very and you know hopeful message but I don't <laughs> like um uh, we might have already crossed the point of no return knowing that we have maybe 100 to 200 years uh, left around it there are certainly experts who claim that yeah yeah uh, like Zach Bush um, he, he talks about the fact that 
humanity as we know it has already ended and we've already gone beyond the extinction level event that has put so much roundup in our food that the um what do they call that was it come on because of g there's this uh, chemical that gets put into our crops glucosate GMO? or something no it's something else uh, but anyway the 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 amount of that chemical that does a lot of harm to our biology it's been around in the 70s and is so much in the system that it's affecting reproduction cellular uh, reproduction and replication so therefore it's damaging not just our generation but the effects will probably be in the second or third or fourth generations to come and with a de decreasing population and with a decreasing reproductive rate when you look at it statistically it looks like oh we've got a couple hundred years left right now in, it, in our current form but what excites me is that our current form is not the only form that's available sure hence where technology could become a huge part of our, you know, um, evolution. It's, it's kind of a strange thing. I'm not talking that, I'm not saying that technology is our savior, but we have no idea what's around the corner. But all I can say is my, my, I'm excited and hopeful about it. Even though we're in this time of complete collapse, there's a big smile on my face. Not because I'm enjoying the collapse, like, woohoo, yay. It's, it's more about like, I don't think people change when everything is really comfortable. Yeah. And when, and, and the, the, as a global system, we've never been under so much threat. And that is such a good thing for bringing people together. So in this understanding that each of us has to create our own inner landscape to affect this outer landscape, and with all of these things that you're seeing, what is a, something that people can do when they feel that fear and that, that hopelessness yeah. around what seems to be the, the yeah. facts? What can we do to recognize, nope, I've got to just keep my inner landscape where it needs to be? Uh, one of the things that I believe is essential that's been removed through our culture is we need to somehow return to having community and tribe in our life mm -hmm. that's healthy not tribalism that's the idea of right versus wrong I've got my family and I'm against your family and you know it's like right. it's more of us against them when I talk about tribe I'm talking about feeling connected beyond self into a space where we feel felt by others yeah. and it goes beyond family the family is held by community. So it's like individuals, couples, families, it's all part of a larger sense of belonging. Absolutely. And I don't think without, so a lot of emphasis in the personal development world is like, what can I do? But it's really a we, not a me. Mm -hmm. It's something that I, um, that Hard IQ is all about, creating a sense of interconnectedness and belonging and home that comes through us surrendering to um, a sense of self that's larger than the individual, mm -hmm. and and it's and it's that that must be practiced. We need to have brothers and sisters and elders and feeling like we are uh, together. There's this togetherness, this frequency of togetherness that 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 I think has to be the priority. Because in that, uh, I, I think we that, that that that's what's coming. 
no matter what's happening in the world and whatever collapse or breakdown or, or stuff that's going to take place, it's that togetherness that's going to rebuild. Absolutely it is. Yep. So that's Thank what you I, so much, Christian, mm. for this delightful conversation today. Tell us uh, how people can find you, what's coming up mm. for you. Yeah, um, if they want to learn about New Eden, they go to neweden.org. If they want to learn about Heart IQ, it's heartiq.org, H-E-A-R-T-I-Q.org. And there you can find out more about, you know, what I'm doing and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I look forward to, to, to hearing from those people who feel touched by being part of this. Because, yeah. you know, a big part of what we do is not just train people in Heart IQ, but we're also looking for those people who are lit up to become leaders. Um Right. of this future yes or wanting to bring this frequency to inspire this like i said it's it may be unrealistic that this is all going to happen overnight but if we can start to spread the word and plant seeds then our children and their children and their children's children can begin to pick this up and uh, run with it because yes. it will happen eventually there like i said there's no spiritual leader on this planet that doesn't see that eventually we will have to be well we're either going to destroy ourselves and become an extinct species or we're going to unify and have a one world system socially and spiritually it has to be that way right we and are I... one planet every astronaut that's ever looked at the earth from space sees it and gets it yes yeah no no dividing lines there no 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 exactly beautiful well thank you for sharing your wisdom with us i have no doubt that you personally with your own energy that you create and put out there are going to make a, a difference toward this vision mm. that you're holding thank, thank you. you darling Yay. joy comes in many flavors but they all start with you being full on glorious you if you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey Find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love.
since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.